the last I episode see, we okay. recorded. Oh, I see. Me, okay. me, Mike, and Dave, we were all three just all over the place. I spent two hours adjusting the levels because I'm anal retentive that way. I'm Johnny Lieberman, and you're watching LMP. What does LMP stand for? Late Night Play Oh, yeah, that's right. I've been on there. Yeah, good show. <laughs> you should like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. And just like that. <laughs> Whoops, a daisy. None of that was right. None of that was right. None of that was right. Paul, Paul Schaefer's on line one. Yeah, no, none of this is right. Uh, that was the late night shot. I think we have a. Uh, here, since we're, since we're breaching copyright. We've got it all. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, I guess we're here. We did it. Did we do the thing? Great. <laughs> These are fucking glued to the table today. Good evening. Hello. We have already started the fun here in the late night playset. Thanks for joining us. My name's Jay Ryan. Nicole Ryan's over here. Thursday, October 26th. 2023 we are back in the playset. we'll tell you why we weren't here on tuesday and we will tell you that we will not be here next tuesday because of what we're talking about this evening it's that ticket the ticket we received in tahoe it's the tahoe ticket uh we'll be telling the story about that this evening as well as fighting that ticket on halloween on tuesday uh we'll also be talking about something about mary why because we do a little segment on this show called second chance theater and uh tonight's night we do it Good news! Joining us all the way from Canada from the Letterman Podcast is our friend and producer over there, Canada Mike. What's up, fella? Peace and love, kids. I'm doing all right, and I'm glad to be here. Oh, he's all right. <laughs> Hanging in there. Uh, on the other side, uh, down in Cincinnati? Yep. <laughs> One of the hosts of the Irritable Dad Syndrome Podcast, Darren M. Cox, is with us. Although you're becoming Hello. a regular here, which we're kind of liking. I, 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 I feel like Tony Randall. <laughs> I think it's different. Tony Randall was more <laughs> of a gag. You're kind of like part of the, the family a little bit. Well, it's an honor to be here. <laughs> we're happy I don't know everybody's why I'm here, here, but here I am. What? I don't know why I'm here, but I am here. Here I am. Let's go. Boom. I think that you're interesting, and I think I like you as a person, and I think that keep, you have done the show keep, a couple times, uh, and have I been like where very, you're going. Keep going. I very like fun and interesting. Uh, you know, Mike and I love playing in our little play sets here in Canada and Los Angeles. If somebody else likes doing the same thing in Middle America, why not join the club? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so that's why you're here. That's why I'm here. <laughs> Hi, Nicole. Did somebody ask why I'm here? Did somebody ask why? Oh, okay, good. Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't know. Lately, life has been quite a blur. I don't know how much... I feel like all we do is talk on this damn talk show, which I suppose is good. But uh, there's a lot of stuff that I know we can't share, so I haven't been sharing. So my brain is a little bit dis more just disjointed than it used to be. Uh, used to be kind of like not that much was happening. So we shared it all with you. 
now there's like more stuff happening and it's confusing for my own brain and I can't remember what we've shared and what we haven't shared and what we're supposed to share and didn't share and what we're not supposed to share but we already <laughs> tends to go that last route by accident whoops a daisy stay tuned what will Jay reveal tonight um yeah and our buddies uh, our buddies uh, you know uh, are doing the same thing so uh, this evening it's Tahoe ticket fighting but also whatever the hell comes up Letterman and irritable dad syndrome related and then also something about Mary there's other stuff on the card too I just I just want to talk to other people I want other people to talk really um Let's see. When we were here last, we were all grouped together to talk about the Warner Ranch and mm -hmm. how it was being, uh, you know, <laughs> removed. And uh, it's weird being only a couple blocks from it now. It's totally gone. I mean, like, totally gone. Like, not even worth p pulling up pictures. It's gone off the map. No longer in existence. And after I posted that, a lot of my old-timey industry friends like when I first got into the business they're not even in it anymore like those people that really shot a lot of stuff on that lot they both can't believe it are so saddened uh I guess probably the same that we're having here just hmm what did you guys think about that I did all the talking that episode what did you guys feel I think anytime a piece of your childhood um gets destroyed by excavators and uh, large Tonka-like equipment, I think there's always a hole that gets left in your soul. And, and yeah, like, I mean, when you went down the laundry list of, of, of things that were shot there, I mean, those are, uh, that, the idea of, you know, the, uh, the Americana house with the white picket fence and all of that, I mean, that house was used, and, and those houses, I suppose, were used in so many of the things that put the idea of the iconic Americana house with the white picket fence in my head. And so, yeah, it's, that's, that's, that's weird. It's weird to see that go away. Thanks for knowing what, what I mean that you, once again, you've crystallized my thoughts perfectly. Um, it's, and I'm it's, Canadian, damn it. Yeah, you're just good at this stuff. Way. I think I think this is where your fandom comes into play. You, yeah. You've been a fan of these things for so long, and because of that, you're sort of not sort of you're an expert on them. Um, the white picket fence, you're right, and uh, and when they put the neighborhood back that way for American Beauty, um, and I, th I was living here then. I think it was '99. I think that movie came out. I think. So the first time I saw that house, it would have probably been the American Beauty version. Also, by the way, on the show last week, totally neglected to mention that when I first moved to L.A., I was a PA on the show Felicity. Drop another fucking thing. Unimportant. But because of that job, every single day, Monday through Friday, I had to go to the Warner Ranch. So I would be there every single day. And I would insist on driving, unless they were shooting something on it, driving around Blondie Street. And uh, so it was special to me, too, because it was like, oh... It might have been the first movie lot I was like legitimately allowed on because I had a badge and stuff. <laughs> Universal, I used to just kind of sneak on like Spielberg. I mean, I worked there too, but in the beginning, I totally snuck on. That's a big moment. Yeah. Getting in that badge. I know what you mean. And then being able to go there every day and like, oh, they know your car. Eventually, you don't even need to use the, the badge. That's pretty rad. Yeah, iconic. You're right. We there's a lot of stuff too that when I was looking it up that I didn't even mention that I totally forgot 
um, but stuff that was filmed there. Well, oh, here wow. in Cincinnati, there is King Records. That's where James Brown got his start in the 50s. Mm. The building is historically preserved, and they got the marker outside of it. And it's been deemed you know, a, a historical site, and it will stay there. And yeah. that's what I think should have happened with the, the Warner line. All those houses, I mean, it's like put a marker in front of it, and it's a historical site. I don't disagree with you, but I, I think yeah. we might have touched on this the other day. I don't think mm -hmm. anybody wanted that to happen. Yeah, I'm no, sure I know there were probably but... advocates who probably tried to do that, and I'm sure they got mm -hmm. shut down, paid off, whatever. Um, yeah, I, I went through my phone, and I, nobody tried to call or text me about it. So Oh, they, they didn't check asked. in? Uh, no, nobody asked. The one guy. I know. Well, <laughs> shit, let's see what Darren thinks. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh um did I, I did, gremlins i mentioned gremlins on the show right yeah of course because of the pool yeah uh uh what about um it was also the pool from uh gosh what the heck is the name of that movie it doesn't matter Not <laughs> so, weapon, so many it? things if it was on the top of my head i would have it's not the best show. It's not going to be the best show. It's been a hell of a week. Can we start there? Your health yeah. has been not good. That's yeah. that's not real big news to anybody who watches the show regularly. We talk about it every few episodes. But it's just been so crappy. I think when we were here last, last Thursday, we talked about going to the Festival of Automobiles with our friend Sasha, who was here a few days prior. We did not make that event, unfortunately, um, on the day. It was just one of those. I, I this. There's, there's no, nothing about this makes sense. Um, uh, so we didn't. Uh, and so sorry to, uh, to Sasha and our friends that we weren't there. However, it was amazing looking. The photos were amazing. The reviews were amazing. So we will definitely be at the next one. <laughs> when I say definitely, I mean fingers crossed. Because <laughs> that's how we make plans now. <laughs> um, but it kind of got crappier after there. We went up to Newcomb's, which was the high point, I think, on Sunday up to HQ, we call it HQ, off the map, because the road's still closed. Um, and was that the best you've been lately? Yeah, I mean, it gets worse every day. So every day I have to try to stay present, and that's my fight. To stay present and rise above the pain and the right suffering. Now. Right now, yeah. Yeah. Where's the most pain for you right now? My legs, it's it feels numb like pins and needles, like they said. But from the knee down, that that hurts. They don't say that part. What kind of hurt? Like, could you describe like related to anything when you did have feeling, like a sprained ankle, like a ruptured uh, tendon, something like that? N no, it's different. It's just a constant pain, dull-ish. But you can't move it and control anything. So, and they're both, my right leg is like a V, so it doesn't bend. And the left leg is more like a U, so it's curvier. But it's all in my back, so the whole thing is fecocted. All your, uh, your, your structure is changing because all of your muscular stuff is going away and deteriorating, right? Is that what you're? 
Yes, but it's uneven, and so my right side goes differently than my left side, and that's in my brain, too. So I can tell what information is gone and missing, and I have to work around that. It's trippy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And your abilities have just been stripped away one by one to the point where you've got nothing left. Gone. Every single time I post something, everybody talks about your smile, your spirit, all of that stuff shines through even when you have a mask on. Good. Does does that help in any way that you're helping other people even though it's, it's the only for you? thing that does cuz I can't see everyone all oh, my eyes are horrible. So when people send good vibes and love, it's really Appreciated. Yeah. That's all I can do now. I'm really good at saying what's wrong with things, and that doesn't work in our current crowd. So. No, it, nothing works in our current. We were at a. Um, I mean, I can, can share all this stuff, right? We were at a urologist yesterday to try to um, make her life a little bit easier when it comes to you know uh, that stuff. Uh, it's currently not very easy and not how you would think. It's not like a matter of infections and stuff like that. It's more of um, no control. And when there is, it's fococted and this, the, the symbiosis that needs to happen within the body is not happening correctly because <laughs> nothing else is either. So, um, so you know, we, we're, we're trying to just, this is one of, call it a dozen things wrong with the body, right? So we're just going to, you know, talk to this one guy. It's one specialist. And he's great. And we both like him. And he's at UCLA. But after doing all your testings and everything, we sit down with him in the private office. And he's like, okay, well, you know, all these options are totally customizable. But we can do absolutely anything. And it starts with, uh, well, you know, we can start with medication. And, <laughs> and very quickly, he's like, but I, I don't think that's going to be really the best thing. And then he goes down the list of these things that were all like everything from uh, – uh, bags on the outside of you to sewing your appendix into some sort of tube from your bladder to your belly button to enlarging your like all of these crazy things that were such weird long-term permanent solutions that it really sh showed us like wow is this how somebody is this what their life is like when they just have one problem like oh you just go to a guy and you pick from one of these 10 things and you just oh there that'll fix your problem Every single thing he said, including the medication, would take away from you and every other. You wouldn't be able to do anything else. Yeah, that's why this is so fun. No one knows what to do. I don't mean to sound like we're complaining. It's we're. I mean, our hands are up in the air at this point. There is no complaining. But it's it's weird how it's not really that people are very confused why we're not doing more why somebody can't help her and that that is frustrating <laughs> frustrating to us in a major way we also get a lot of messages hey i read this article you just change your diet and then you can ride a bike um frustrating um i don't think people realize how much you do do and uh, i don't know if they do or not but i want people to realize how much you do do is that do do noise <laughs> And um, to let them know that it's, 
such an uphill battle for you that you're a goddamn miracle that you get up and go to breakfast club and put a smile on and come do this show and talk to people and share your story with people and try to write your stuff down so that you can make a book eventually. Like I, I just, the last five or 10 minutes have been a very shitty way of trying to praise you and everything that you're up against every day. I don't think they get to see it. I get to see it. I know they don't know. Yeah. They, Remind myself of that all the time, and I'm sorry, but whatever. Sorry, doesn't cut it anymore. But like, I don't know what to say other than to complain, which I don't want to, because it replays in my head for hours. When you complain, or negative, everything, everything. So anything negative, I have to be really careful about. You mean so after you have a conversation or something happens, you just keep, well, that's <laughs> that's not the most constructive behavior. No, it's not. But I'm not bitchy to be bitchy. It's like I cannot and don't want to hear negative shit replay in my head all day. No, I know, but how do we stop the replay from happening? I mean, we can't stop negative shit from happening in real life as much as we all want to. We want, well, I think the guys will agree with me here. As much as we want to control stuff, it just doesn't work out that way. It does. I need to calm myself. Down. It's the only way I can make the negative voices stop. That pot helps me. Because <laughs> it just helps well, me. Well, it's the what? It quiets the voices. <laughs> yeah. It lets me distract. I don't know if you could all feel the look. You could feel it in here. <laughs> Not for nothing, but Irene Hoffman says that Nicole still emulates sunshine. That is true. And if I may interject, I, I appreciate you, you not wanting to complain because it doesn't accomplish anything but i understand it i totally understand if you were to complain it's like this hurts and i don't like it and you are fully within your right to say that and to feel that and to mean that so i i wouldn't be upset at, in the slightest if i ever heard you complain about anything i'd be like well she's damn right <laughs> of course she's complaining I would and say that, it but every that's what, day, but I yeah. appreciate that. Thanks. Yeah, it's, but it's funny. Then, you know, she's right about most like, things these mm -hmm. days. Like inherently, right. I feel like yeah. she has a different wisdom than the rest of us do. Yeah, a lot of my uh, my youngest kid has a lot of anxiety issues, and he he gets overwhelmed with negative thoughts that run through his head, and it's uh, you know trying to help him get through that. I kind of not personally understand, but I get it. That's the other thing. Everybody's going through something. Everybody's going through something. The more you share, the more I share uh, about you and our journey, I find that I'm getting other people to then, they're sending me messages of, oh, I'm taking care of my wife too. Oh, my wife's in the hospital. But like, unintentionally or accidentally becoming like maybe a listening uh, board for some people who did maybe didn't have it. Um, and that to me is very appealing. I feel like we could do some good there somehow. I don't mean like with a hotline. I mean like with your foundation. Agreed. 
I feel like I get the sense that people don't know where to go now if they think they drink too much or do anything differently than they want to, and no one knows how to fix anything, it seems. Mm. So there's a lot of confusion, which expresses itself as anger when it's not always really that. You're so right about that. It's interesting, even in your medical field, like I, I was watching, <laughs> watching it every week, but specifically I noticed it yesterday. I think that might have been amplified because in the office that we were yesterday, they had all these executives coming through. I don't know if they were pharmaceutical reps or if they were from a different division or a different hospital or whatever, but it seemed like everybody was a little nervous. But specifically, I noticed that um, it's, it's a combination of two things. It's people who don't have any idea what they're doing and they <laughs> seem to think they do. For instance, your nurse or whatever she was yesterday, she was awfully nice. But I don't want to even tell you the question she asked about. She asked the doctor, where, it doesn't matter, where something goes. And it was like, you don't know? Like, that's, that's like, I think I learned that in sixth grade, how all those parts If you're in that go. field, you should know how many holes there are. It's so weird. And where things stick in where they don't. It's so odd. <laughs> this is reassuring. So there's that. And then there's the other side, people who absolutely know but are afraid to say the wrong thing or straight up are told they're not supposed to talk. And, you know, probably a liability thing or something. Yeah. Ugh, frustrating. Frustrating. Everybody's it's going through sad something. that empathy can be um, a liability concern. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good point. But, it's, but it uh, can be if you acknowledge something that the hospital doesn't. You know what I mean? You can accidentally make yourself, yeah. Mm-hmm. I get it, but it's like... That's the problem with these big businesses owning these hospitals. You can't, you can't get a doctor to tell you anything anymore. They have to read off of the screen. And it's like, well, Jesus, I had, I had WebMD. I mean, I, <laughs> I could have read off a screen. I thought maybe your expertise in this field would come into play during this conversation. It's supposed to. And I always fall back on you get what you pay for. So... You can always find someone to call if you need, but it's hard. I guess. I don't know. Steve Jobs died of cancer, so I don't know if I agree with you there. It's not fast at all, and I'm. he's proof of that, but like, I don't know what else to do. Oh, I think you're doing everything you can do. I think I think this I think this episode became a salute to you because you're doing everything you can do. Yes. I know. Do you feel like you are uh, like you uh, not doing enough or like you are failing in some way? Yeah. Yeah, I do too. I think that may just be part of what we're going through. I don't like it either. Thanks for being here, boys. <laughs> Irene Hoffman says, this is the place for Nicole to tell us. Ooh. Tell, yeah, well, I mean, she shared a lot tonight, that's for sure. Yeah. I'll answer any question. Like, otherwise, I'm just spewing negativity, and I don't want to do that. I think their point is you're not. It may feel that way to you. 
Right, yeah. or I could just line list everything the story with me over and over and over. It's the same. My body's dying. It happens every minute of every day. So I'm happy to talk about that every day. But it's going to be a similar worse version of that if that's what <laughs> right. people want. Yeah, I know. I don't want to talk about it either, but I think, I think, I think we are supposed to. I think that's their point. But I will. I think you're doing a great job. That's the other thing. I, I think you just have to do whatever comes natural. I don't think, I don't think there should be. I think your days of, <laughs> with the exception of all these <laughs> lights and cameras and stuff, your days of putting on a show are over. You know, you just don't have to do that anymore. I mean, there's, there's this little show we do. <laughs> but other than that. I don't, and I'm not fancy, so we're working out great. Our life is so ironic. I mean, there's a reason our generation loved that. Uh, we were raised on that Alanis Morissette. And fucking everything is so f- ironic. Apparently, that's the wrong usage of that word. And I can't. I don't agree with that it. argument. I love, I love how people do That's like the diehard Christmas movie thing. It's one of those, like, I see what you're saying. And no, maybe not every single thing is. But the chick is writing a song, and she's making shit rhyme. <laughs> and she's thinking of things. And what is, like, okay, you're right. You're right. You win. I got there in my place of there's so many people that would have said something if that were the case. We're fine. In my head, I'm going, here I am defending her, and somebody's going to be pissed off that I called Alanis Morissette a chick. <laughs> <laughs> The correct phrase is broad or dame. <laughs> I say oh, broad all the time. All the time. Please. Please. I say broad all the time, especially when it comes to daffy drivers who happen to be of the feminine variety. <laughs> daffy pro. Where's this daffy pro thing she's got? I, I, by the way, all of that is mimicking my own mother's behavior. These are. This is my mother's language. This is. This is how I was brought up. Oh, there's no excuse. Break these generational curses, J. Ryan. Get out of your shell. Uh, is this an episode of HeCast? What's happening? <laughs> Almost. Um, <laughs> can we talk about Alanis for a second? Yeah, please. I love Alanis. Canadian treasure. My favorite Alanis chick Morissette. ever. Um, d- d- did you know that Alanis Morissette, before Jagged Little Pill came out, um, Alanis Morissette was a rebrand. Did you know she used to go just as Alanis? I did know that. Okay, have you ever heard the song Too Hot? No, I don't. Th- well, I mean, I don't oh, think so. I've just I, I heard the one by Cool and the Gang. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I know. No, there's, a, there's an Alanis song. They are not Canadian. It went, it went pretty big up here in Canada. <laughs> it was called Too Hot, and she was like poppy, dancey. Like, it was, uh, I actually kind of liked the song back in the day, and then Alanis went away for a while, and then Alanis Morissette came back. <laughs> she she went to up. prison. She didn't go. <laughs> she just. She went... <laughs> No, no, no. She's stealing hubcaps and, you know, all out of the Nickelodeon parking lot. So what I was going to... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Mike. You misunderstand. She was Alanis. Like like Cher or Madonna. Like she was Alanis. (laughs) And then... We all understand. went away and then Alanis Morissette came. (laughs) (laughs) It was a rebrand. So I know you're only two years older than me, but this is where the two years may come in a lot. I remember her from Nickelodeon. The, of the, course, the, you can't do that on oh, television. Oh, yeah. okay, you you do too. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, very much so. And I think she was just Alanis on that, but I think they were all just first names, like Alistair and Moose, Christine Moose. I gotcha. Yeah. 
I'm pretty to sure me, uh, 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 Nickelodeon, you can't do that on television was very, like, I don't know why it was like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why. It was a tumultuous time in my life, and I needed, <laughs> I needed happy stuff on the box. And, and, and it was when they wired cable out to your house, and they had that, that, that it was on a wire, and it had a big thing with 15 buttons and an ABC yep. switch. Do you guys remember that? Yep. I do. Okay, so <laughs> that's when I was watching Alanis on, on, on what, was that? What, what would that be, 1981, 2, 3? <laughs> yeah, it was, it, was, it was a long time ago she was on that show. Yeah, she was a little and then, and then when was Jagged Little Pill? Like, that was the big hit. That was like 96, 95 maybe? Yeah, I feel like it's 95, 96. I think Too Hot came out in 91. No, okay, now I got to find out. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You brought this up. And Talk so you say show. it was big, but is it good? I mean, because there's a difference. It's they, good they in the same way New Kids on the Block was good. Well, okay. New Kids on the Block was not good, but the production and the producing was great, and that was that 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 used to be the machine. Yep. I mean, it's why Quincy Jones is a gajillionaire because it's all about the production of the the damn music. Wait, Quincy didn't produce New Kids, did he? No, not even close there. I, ju I okay. jumped a couple <laughs> steps. Sorry. <laughs> I, I meant I how music. Right? I, jumped, I jumped to one Am of the, the biggest right music podcast? producers of all time. <laughs> I think Darren yeah. Starr. Was Darren Starr or is he TV? He TV. He, he, the, he there was a Darren Starr of boy bands that used to do all those boy bands. Let's do famous Darrens for 200. <laughs> <laughs> nice work. <laughs> The singer of Splish Splash, who was Bobby Darren. That's a good one. And then there's only two questions in the famous Darrens. <laughs> I'm not I'm not famous enough to get on Jeopardy yet, on a category yet. I think you're very funny. I think you should, uh, whether you, I mean, I, you, you're clearly funny on air too, but I think that you'd be a great writer. I mean, oh, I, you're, you the jokes that you post on uh, social media, I find to be crafted well, and they're funny. I like, I like the, uh, the, 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 the th perspective. Thank you. I have a unique perspective. <laughs> I've always been like this. I used to, although, but they used to think I was weird in elementary school and high school. And you're coming into it. Maybe I probably was weird. I was growing into my weirdness. I just decided to accept it. Did you have like a any kind of radio or TV station at your high school? Or in AD college, club? yeah, I studied. Uh, I, brought, I majored in speech and broadcasting, so I did a radio show at WETS, East Tennessee State University, Johnson City, Tennessee. Mm. Zero listeners, <laughs> and then, uh, and I'm not kidding, nobody listened. So I uh, did radio at ETSU, and then I hosted a game show called Useless Knowledge. We did seven episodes. That's more episodes than some shows on the BBC. Mm -hmm. and, uh, <laughs> it, was a, it was a game show. We, we basically ripped off Remote Control and Letterman. <laughs> and, uh, I think Remote was, Control was, was already a ripoff of something else. Uh, that must have been a great show. Tonally, that's awesome. So it was like a it Letterman was game so show. It so much fun. It was so much fun. Well, it wasn't about Letterman. It was, it was TV... No, I mean music totally, and totally. film trivia. Can't talk to yeah. guy. Maybe it's the, uh, uh, you know, we're not very near each other. I don't. Technology is amazing. I'm a when I when I was working in television, this was like multiple satellite trucks. This was thousands of dollars to be able to do what we're doing yeah, right now yeah. and to go live. In exactly. fact, it was tens of thousands of dollars. 
ridiculous. I had to go yeah, in never, hours I, early to connect people to East Coast Radio. Yep. Boy, via satellite, right? So you'd sit in yes. some dark room where they have the cleaning people are just coming in for the night and it's 2 in the morning and you're doing 5 a.m. radio in New York? I sat in my office in the dark in case my boss's phone rang <laughs> and connected them to stations. I had a uh, printed out chart of w- the order they were in they were all live. Right, because you're do you, it's a it's a snake centipede. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Fun stuff. I'm so glad I never had to do any of that shit. I wish I learned more of the how to cr- the creative part of the show. I wish I was a little more upstairs and learned like, oh, will you do the segments <laughs> like this? Because that could definitely benefit us here. But but I I I was such a nut and bolt like, oh, I loved all the the equipment and all that garbage let me learn how that works all that technical shit works for my brain i don't have to talk to anybody i just stand here with this machine um darren did you have any of that or were you always on air oh no i was never on air i mean once i started in 93 i was all behind the scenes at my tv station in johnson city which by the way there's no even at the radio station in college i mean wjhl is celebrating their 70th anniversary today that was my first tv station so shout out to everybody at WJHL, like they're watching. Uh, but CBS started, affiliate in Cincinnati? CBS affiliate in Johnson City, Tennessee. Oh, I'm sorry. You said that. That's where I got my start. <laughs> so No, no, no. It's fine. I started out in Johnson City. Uh, and then in 1990, October 99, moved to Cincinnati. Started my career all over again here in Cincinnati. It, the Natty, as some people call it. But yeah, it was all behind the scenes stuff. The only on-air job I had wasn't even a job was uh, uh, at each issue when I hosted the game show. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, nope, Sad. never moved a light. <laughs> all, all this all this talent. Oh, no, I moved plenty of lights. I rolled up lots of cable. Yeah, that's a, that was my first job, cable. was running cable, pulling yeah. cable. <laughs> so this is what I would do when I was at WJHL. We would do the morning show. And it was always just absolutely exhausting. And as soon as it was done, we would all just sit down and take a breath and uh, compose ourselves. And this one, our boss, Jack Dempsey, would walk through. He always walked through right when we were sitting there doing absolutely nothing. Every time. And so I thought, Jack, every single time. So we had four walls that were full of tapes. And each tape had one commercial on it. And we put the commercial that had a barcode on in the machine that played the commercials. So as soon as the morning show was over with, I would get up, I'd go out in the hallway and I would take nine, 10, 12 tapes off and I would hold on to them. And then I would start putting them back on the shelf. And when Jack Dempsey walked through, he would see me putting tapes away. Oh, hey, Jack, good morning. Hey, good morning, Darren. He'd walk through. And then I would go sit down on my ass and I would think about, I learned very easily how to uh, look busy. You put a tape, you put a pin behind your ear, you got a script in one hand, you got a tape in the other, you go down to the newsroom. Sometimes I would get tapes and I would just rewind and fast forward them. And if my boss came through, she'd ask what I'm doing. I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to find footage of this thing for something. Oh, okay. And then she would go on. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're like Costanza. Like all of this <laughs> was, extra oh, work to oh, not do the work. Oh my God. I, you know, I was Costanza way, way, way before he ever did that. <laughs> But yeah, you know, you just sit there and you do that. Then they won't give you something to do. 
Yeah, no, it's true. What was yeah. Costanza was just look angry, just look angry. Ah, just, 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 ah, just, ah these, 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 these papers. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> it's true though. Everybody yeah. gets out of your way. Oh, I don't want any yeah. of that. <laughs> uh, Darren's in a mood today. Leave him alone. Oh man, um, Mike up there on the Letterman podcast. I know you've got. Uh, I, I don't know why I'm doing all the wrap up shit up front because uh, I guess I shared with you too much. And we're going to talk about fighting a ticket in Tahoe any minute now. Um, <clears throat> I know you're coming up on a hundred uh, episodes. Um, still no announcement to make on that, right? Still no announcement to make on that. Um, I've had a couple of no's, but uh, I'm going down the list, and that's okay. Um, <laughs> Do you guys know what the shit is the name of this song? Ten, ten minutes. There is a guy in Connecticut in the town next to the one I grew up in. He's in Westport, Connecticut. His name is Brian something. And he does a little talk show like this in his garage. And he has people over and it's called Ten Minutes with Brian or something like that. Ten Minutes with something. Do you guys have any idea what I'm talking about? Mm-mm. That's a bummer because it would have helped because I can't remember why I brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> 100 episodes episode 100 on the letterman podcast <laughs> no oh oh he reads his rejection uh uh his you know uh invitation rejections on nice. air and they're always yeah. very humorous because he reaches out to huge people just to get the rejections it's very funny <laughs> oh we did that a few weeks ago. We finally heard back from Nick Offerman. We had tried for like a solid month or six weeks to get Nick Offerman to come on Irritable Dad Syndrome. And, and finally, his his assistant said that he's unavailable. Oh, <laughs> I love I love how he's unavailable because I said he can come on any time. <laughs> it's like next Tuesday. Damn, I can't do it. But he could come on any time. But he is unavailable at any time to come on Irritable Dad Syndrome. Uh, I couldn't think of it. Uh, I did think of it. I just, I just didn't say it right. But it is. It's called Ten Minutes with, and the guy's name is Brian Kelsey. Shout out to Brian Kelsey. Uh, it's Ten Minutes with, and he's had like he's had real people on, and it's just a little tiny talk show set, just like this, but even smaller, yeah. in his garage, and he has a friend who helps him with the cameras and stuff. He's got a little train yeah. in the window. It's awesome. It's totally up my alley. I mean, if I still lived in Connecticut, we would be best friends, I assure you. Speaking of rejection, have you been to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? To the what? Oh, my God. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland? Oh, no, 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 no. Once uh, Paul Schaefer gets in there, though, I'm going to make a trek out there. No, at U2's exhibit in the Hall of Fame, there are their rejection letters. Like RCA Records said, you're just not what we're looking for right now. We wish you good luck. <laughs> oh, and, my gosh. Uh, yeah, That's and they've got job. it framed and right there, right next to Edge's guitar and Larry's uh, jacket and all that. But yeah, they've, they've got two or three rejection letters in the Hall of Fame. It's a big suck it. <laughs> so yep. many great stories start that way, though. Back to the Future mm-hmm. was rejected 20-something times. That means it went yeah. through every studio multiple times over 10 yep. years. Oh, there's that letter of the producer just saying, look, we can't name the movie this, and he wanted to call it uh, some stupid-ass title. I can't remember what um, it was. Yeah, uh, yeah. Something from outer from Planet Nine, from Outer Space, some, or something, something from like outer that. Space, yeah. And he did not believe in it, and it was just... Stephen, look, you got to stop making this movie. It's ridiculous. That's a great story, though. Do you, do you remember how that story wraps up? It was an executive from Universal who made what? that note to Steven Spielberg. Yeah. And do you remember Steven Spielberg's response? And Bob Gale, I think it was both of them together. 
I think they essentially said suck it. No, it was the opposite. <laughs> they, 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 he, Steven Spielberg probably had the 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 uh, pull to say suck it. He did the opposite. He goes, ah, thank you so much. It might have been Sid Sheinberg or, uh, or um, might have been Sid Sheinberg. Anyway, it was one of the old school studio execs. He goes, ah, oh, thank you so much for the wonderful note. We all had such a great laugh over that in the office as if he made it as if the guy was making a joke. And then he was positioned it so he'd be too embarrassed to then say, no, 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 no. I, I wasn't, I wasn't a joke at all. I was, I was serious. That sounds very Spielberg-y. He crafted yeah. the whole thing. <laughs> Either yeah, one of you I, ever meet Spielberg? Uh, or or no. been around him or anything like that? No. <laughs> All right. Is that a crazy question? It's not a crazy question <laughs> yeah. to you. I'm, I'm Darren Cox yeah. and I'm in Cincinnati, Ohio. You know, people, are ju- people are Spielberg just people. from Cincinnati, though. And then you're right. People are just people and... Some of my best stories are because of my Forrest Gump-isms, not because uh, I'm mm-hmm. in the business and know people. Yep. Same. Yep. No, there, in my 30 years in working in television, there have been uh, a dozen or more celebrities who just came into the TV station for an interview. Uh, I met Carmen Electra one time. And when she was coming, they said that there will be no meet and greet. There will be no autographs. There will be no photographs. You are not to approach Carmen Electra. And you She's will actually do really the, nice. Yeah. Yes. Actually, she is. And they said they're going. You will do the interview in a part of the building where no one is uh, overlooking and all that stuff. Then we had all these rules. And when she was walking out of the interview, I happened to be walking past her and I said, oh, hey, Carmen, how are you? And she goes, I'm great. How are you? And she shook my hand and asked me how I was doing. Could have been nicer. And I'm like, I just wanted to say, you realize your people have made you out to be this bitch and you're not. (laughs) She was like, I I didn't say that, but because her people were right there. Uh, Yeah. But she could have been nicer. Yeah. It's such a there's so many. There's so mm-hmm. many details to all of that stuff. Like, I had to watch it with you. I mean, there's so many things that, like, you think are ridiculous until you see somebody who doesn't do it that way. And you're like, oh, fuck, it's so much work. You have to be that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it depends on where you are and, you know, who you're with and stuff. But Yeah, and I guess if sh- they just... It's a shame that you, sometimes you have to be. If they let her go in all willy-nilly, it probably would, you know, there'd be a scene. So, I don't know. I guess they could try and meet somewhere in the middle. Well, what, what, whether it's intended to be this way or not, what, it, what, what ends up happening and what I watch with her is it's straight up good cop, bad cop. So mm-hmm. the people are the bad cop, which allows the talent who everybody wants to love anyway to come in and just be the good cop. Oh, what do you need? Oh, absolutely. Oh, of course. Autographed T-shirt. Absolutely. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, the bad cop is generally what paves the way for the good cop to just walk right through. <laughs> yeah. Yep. A few years ago, Billy Bob Thornton was coming to this club uh, north of Westchester, where I live, a suburb of Cincinnati. He was there with his band, Billy Bob and the Box Cutters. Yeah, I like and that. And I, I, I've got a buddy who knows the guy who runs that bar. And I said, look, I'll buy my ticket. I just want a backstage pass. I just want to meet the guy because I've enjoyed his work forever and ever. Sleep Blade oh. is one of my oh. top 10 favorite movies of all time. Which one? And he says, okay, let me... Sling Blade. Oh, Sling Blade's great, yeah. <laughs> I already see where this one's going, yeah. though, because the people he mentions, I know what they're known for. <laughs> Keep yeah. going. 
but he um he says okay let me see what i can do so a couple days later my buddy comes up and he says yeah it's all taken care of uh you're going to be the only one there doing the interview so it's going to be great and i said oh wait what i'm doing an interview he goes yeah you're going to do you're going to interview billy bob in the band like okay i haven't done an interview in 20 years since college okay so brought the camera and the lights and the microphones billy bob's manager comes up to me and he says look you got 20 minutes Billy Bob only wants to talk about music. If you talk about his TV career or his film career, it's it's over with. He doesn't He'll want to talk it. about that. He wants he wants to talk about music. And I said, "Oh, okay, good." And he says, "You got 20 minutes. You go over 20 minutes. I'm shutting you down." I said, okay, not a problem. So the club where we where he was performing had a bowling alley, and they said, "We're setting you up in this room to do the interview." It was where they have the trophies and where they, you know. They'll drill your ball. <laughs> I'm like, not a euphemism. So, and, no, and they had a giant black tarp hanging on the wall, and it was ugly. And I said, "Do you mind if I take this tarp down? This it doesn't look that great." They said, "Sure." So I'm standing up there, and I'm pulling this tarp off the wall, and I got my ass poking out in there. And Billy Bob walks in. Hey, y'all, how's everybody doing? Good, good, good. Yeah. And Bob, you know, anyway, I had 20 minutes, and Billy Bob would not shut up. He talked and talked and talked. And after about a half hour, the manager came in and said, oh, Billy Bob, you, you got to go. <laughs> but Billy Bob, he was just, he was there for the rest of the night. Couldn't I think maybe, maybe you're authentic. And yeah, he opened up. That's awesome. Uh, Mike, are you, being up in Canada, are you familiar with a show slash podcast called The Q? I've heard of The Q, but I haven't uh, listened to it. Um, it's a, I think it's a husband and wife. It's a guy and a girl, whatever the heck, but Billy Bob was on that one and they asked about music and you should, I mean, any, they asked about something, not music and mm -hmm. the, it's one of those clips you just kind of have to see. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the only thing uh, I, I, so I uncomfortable. <laughs> it's Ricky Gervais and Gary Shandling's house. Yeah, so I was going to use that as a reference, buddy, because I know you know that one. It's like that, but way worse because they're this far apart. They're in the cans, on the mics, in a dark radio studio, and the host is like acting like he doesn't know what's going on. And he's like, "I have like it's maybe he wasn't prepped or whatever." But Billy Bob's like, you motherfucker, basically, of he's, whatever. You just have to see it. It's really, really. The only thing close. I, I hope that you feel proud of your experience based on the polar opposite you can watch. <laughs> I did ask him, I said, what was harder to do? To, is it harder to write a song or to write a screenplay? And he really got into, you know, what's involved in, in each. And this is more difficult in this way. And this is easier in that way. And uh, I think he appreciated the questions that I asked. But, yeah, he was very, very cool. You <laughs> probably were attacking it as a creative. And uh, and I'm guessing that uh, he probably liked talking shop with you, man. I mean, you're able to go there. Some people are just like, so what was it like making an Independence Day or whatever? One yeah, exactly. like Armageddon. You know what I mean? They don't get it. They, they, yeah. Some people want to talk Tell about me. hair plugs. Some people want to talk about his dating Angelina yeah. Jolie. You know what I mean? Or screwing Halle Berry. Like so many people. He's just, yeah. he's one of those celebrities who's so big. And they got there through their notoriety versus like even their body yeah. of work. Uh, mm -hmm. we want, what the hell do we just, I love when we, people, I love when people go, tell me about your book. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's 
Right, right. It's all on you to cr- <laughs> like fucking. All right, I guess I'll just open the can dancer. Zip. Um, <clears throat> yeah. We watched this movie called The Judge. Have you guys ever seen The Judge? It's uh, Robert Downey Jr., Robert Duvall, and some other people. Robert Duvall. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Vincent D'Onofrio's in it. Dax Shepard's in it. I mean, it's really quite good. No. Um, Billy Bob comes in in this one, and it's a it's a it's a small town attorney to kill a mockingbird type scenario, and it's that type of tone, but modern day. And Billy Bob comes in, and it just they just punch you in the face with Billy Bob like halfway through this movie. And you're like, holy shit! The credibility and what this character is going to be just by the choice of that casting. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it, he packs a punch, so to speak. Mm. What was that? Uh, he did a TV series with very intense uh, D- David Kelly. Um, oh crap! No, what was it? David Kelly. Goliath. Goliath. Oh my god! I was sucked into every single episode. Yeah, I agree. It's excellent. He a friend of ours, Jonathan Shapiro, uh, wrote that mm-hmm. uh, show. Excellent okay. show. I'll tell your buddy I, that I loved it. It was great. Yeah, I, I will, and we did. Yeah. <laughs> that, that show's excellent, and nobody has seen it. Uh, I think for Amazon numbers, I think it did pretty well. But as far as the, the scheme of the world, like most people don't know about that show. And it's got three mm-hmm. or four seasons. I don't think we caught up yeah. with the last season, but the first two or three are excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it all takes place where we used to live over in Santa Monica there. Oh, yeah. We were in Venice, but same, same area, same strip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great show, man. Good call. And shout out to Jonathan Shapiro who wrote it. <laughs> um, okay. So everybody remembers the big USA Grand Tour, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just have to give everybody a little bit of a, a backstory because we won't be here on Tuesday because we have to fight this ticket. What's the ticket, you say? Oh, well, it's obviously speeding. You were driving around the country in a yellow car. Um, it wasn't, believe it or not. This isn't a speeding ticket. It's a very strange scenario that we haven't decided exactly how we're going to attack it uh, when we get in the room other than I think... I think the truth should should handle it. Um, we were on like the almost the final day of our trip, maybe on day thirty of thirty one, something like that. And we were coming, uh, uh, driving around Lake Tahoe. We had stayed somewhere up there, and we were coming around. Uh, beautiful day. Oh, I know what it was. We went to go check out that the hotel. Um, the movie Bad Times at El Royale is based on a real hotel, the Cal Neva hotel and it's half in california and half in nevada and it's it's a real thing it's been defunct for years but back in the day it was owned by frank sinatra and the rat pack used to play there and like i love that type of history and now it's one of those abandoned places with weeds growing up and everything so we went to go check that out super super cool had a great time there's fences and everything but we totally achieved our goal feeling pretty good home tomorrow like this is great the trip has been amazing so we're now driving around the lake and I notice there is a little park entrance where you can go down to the lake, it looks like. We don't know this area. We've never been here. But we decide to do this because, remember, we're putting this trip on Instagram and YouTube and stuff. So footage, content, blah, blah, blah. So it's this wavy kind of – it's a little bit more involved than I thought it would be. But it's kind of this wavy, windy road down to the water. And it's a single-file, one-lane is what it is kind of road. Like you can't turn around and make a UE and go back out. This is a, you're committed. <clears throat> Get all the way down to the bottom. 
And keep in mind, wheelchair, can't walk. This is a beach. We can't stay here. This is, we're, I'm just going to snap a quick picture. If there's someone in the toll booth, I'm going to say, you know, the, the, it's not a toll booth, but whatever you call the little, uh, you know, where you pay the $9 or whatever. Uh, if there's somebody there, which previously there have not been, you pay on the way out from our experience on this trip. Um, we said, oh, we'll just tell them we're going to take a quick picture. Um, and whether we have to pay or not is kind of up to them and their whatever. So we get to the booth. There's nobody in the booth. I don't even know if there's supposed to be somebody in the booth. There's not like a price list or the normal things that it would be at one of these booths. There's just the booth. Looks like maybe you rent roller skates there. <laughs> it's, not, it's that kind of booth, like a little, like a little wooden hut thing. Uh, nobody in it. So, uh, and we're right down at water level now, and there's a little boat ramp area and a little parking lot, and uh, or you can um, keep going around to what I would assume would be like where you're going to park park, like park your car, get out, go walk down to the beach, etc. We can't do any of that. So I go straight into the boat launch area, which I literally just kind of... I was trying to figure out where the sun was, and I just kind of made a U-turn and just sort of backed up right to the boat ramp, got out, started taking pictures. I mean, I made that sound a little convoluted, but the whole experience took maybe 15, 20 seconds. I mean, like it was not as... Telling the story is longer than the actual thing took. Right. Uh, so I'm outside now taking pictures of Nicole and the yellow car and the Lake Tahoe. And it's beautiful. The sun's coming down. Absolutely stunning. And we hear, boo! <laughs> and, it came, and I look over at the guard thing. And, the, and by the way, there wasn't a, a guy in the guard uh, thing. I'm calling it a guard thing, whatever, the shack. But there was... The security uh, tower. Oh, now that, I don't know. I don't know if that helps or hurts my story. I okay. I don't know if it was a security tower. Okay. <laughs> but maybe it was a security tower and I missed it. Anyway, there was a guy over around the corner from it, but it there was like by a flagpole and he was on the phone and he wasn't like in a uniform or anything. He looked like, again, this is where you rent your paddleboard is what it looks like. It doesn't look like this is where you pay your fee to enter the park. Neither here nor there. The blue, she gets out. Uh, she, the female park ranger, gets out of the uh, truck. One of those pickup truck, park ranger pickup trucks. And uh, and keep in mind, you're the lake, right? The car's in the middle. I'm here. She pulls up behind me. All we would have, all I had to do was get in the car and drive away. I mean, it's not like she didn't cop us very well of like, oh, we're going to block the car and you're here and we're going to talk about this. None of that happened. She gets out. I'm still taking pictures. I'm trying to figure out what she's here for what's the blue for like who's the where's the fire right and then it occurs to me she's looking at the yellow car and i go oh she doesn't like that it's parked on the boat ramp but i'm right here i'm gonna move it it's not like somebody left their car there nope that wasn't it <clears throat> i go did i do something wrong like i realized this is about whatever this is is about us and 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 i was like did we did something wrong is that why you're here and she goes yeah and I was like, okay, <laughs> what did we do wrong? She goes, well, you came in the exit for one. And I go, right over there? And she goes, yeah, you came in the exit. And I go, all right. And I thought, that can't be an exit because you can't, 
that literally can't be an exit. There's nothing, there's no way that can be an exit. But as this is all unfolding, and she's looking at the license plate, and she tells me to sit in the car, and she tells me she wants my license and registration, and I'm going, wait, is this really happening? We just came down here for a photo. I can't understand. <laughs> I really couldn't figure out exactly what was going on, except that she said we came in the exit. And I didn't think we came in the exit. And I thought to myself, even if we came in the exit, like, I, I don't know, out-of-state plate, like, is, what's the crime? Is that but illegal? we didn't. Yeah. But we didn't. I haven't even seen the exit yet. There is, literally right in front of us, where the cop came from is an exit. And it's where we ended up exiting shortly. Spoiler alert, we don't go to jail from this door. Um, but, but, but it wasn't, we didn't come in there. We didn't come in even close to there. We did the long entrance thing I told you about. So she's pretty insistent that we came in the exit. And because of that, she was insistent that we came in the exit because we didn't want to pay. <laughs> Now, we, did, we, didn't, we didn't pay because we came in this other thing and there was nobody to pay and I don't even know where you're supposed to pay. Maybe if you stayed in line and went another way, you were, could have paid there and maybe that was a thing we couldn't see because a bush was hiding it or something. <laughs> trying to, right. I don't know. Um, but I'm trying to like devil's advocate like, okay, well, I'm definitely not perfect and I've definitely skirted some issues on this, uh, some, some laws and rules on this trip. We've broken speed limits here and there. I've definitely... So she, she, how the hell did this happen? We're sitting in the car for a while trying to figure out, trying to pull up St. Clair insurance, which of course, uh, uh, <laughs> has coverage for your toys. <laughs> and I couldn't pull the thing up because of reception and the email. I can't remember what the hell else happened, but she said, I can't waste any more time dealing with you. I can't spend all my day dealing with people who come in the exit and basically, she said she was done with us, and we needed to get out of here. And we were like, well, we're, we're fine with the leaving part. That part is a-okay. But she's like, so I'm just going to write you the ticket, and, and you don't have to – you're not admitting guilt, but whatever, all the usual stuff. And we thought to ourselves, all right, let's just get the hell out of here because this has been kind of a weird situation. Like, nothing really about this makes sense. We got pulled over one time on this trip. And it made perfect sense. And the cop was awesome. And we talked about it. And everything was fine. And we drove away. This one, she came in hot, never really explained what we did or asked any questions or anything. We just kind of wanted to get out of there safely. She writes us a ticket. She gives it to us. She goes, I'm writing you a ticket for coming in the exit, which means that the, the vehicular code is something like failure to obey a, 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 a sign, some sort of a whatever. And that's a big ticket. It was like 350 bucks or something like that. What? And then combined with the failure to pay Jesus. the park $9 or whatever that was, was like another, whatever, it was $415. And I didn't know that till later, but I'm telling this out of order now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Terrible. Worst storyteller ever. You're quitting Tarantinoing the story. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we start at the end. We work our way to the beginning. Um, so whatever. So she tells us that she's writing us the, and you didn't pay the fine. So I'm writing that on here too. And I say, okay, okay, great. And whatever. And I go, you know, we have the, uh, I said, there was nobody in the gate. Does that matter? And she goes, no. And I go, you know, we have the adventure pass. Does that matter? Does that help us here? She goes, no, it does not. And I go, I want it. I want, can I pay the, well, maybe I asked first. I asked first. I go, can I pay the, the, whatever the thing is? Can I pay you? Who do I pay? And she goes, no, I'd rather you not. I'd rather you just leave. <laughs> 
Okay, I have a question. <laughs> Showing that it totally wasn't even about the money for the park or whatever. It was like, I, 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 I don't like the cut of your jib. Get out of here. <laughs> was there a clearly marked exit sign or a clearly marked do not enter sign? Because if there was something that says do not enter. You mean I where we came in? Has. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I honestly think that because she, I, I, because she wasn't wherever we were, I think she must have seen either the U-turn or whatever. I think she thought we came in a different way, which uh, some okay. other part of the parking lot we haven't even seen. I think she must have thought we came in a different way and then, and then just backed up there against the, the water. Uh, nothing else can make sense in our minds because we didn't come yeah. in an exit. We didn't go through a do not net. We didn't do any of that. Um, it's not really my style safe? to do that. Like we have national right. park stickers on our car and U.S. Forestry Service <laughs> stickers on our car. Like we're we're not. Hey, let me go park on the beach. Like we're not those people. I think you've got the Your Honor, please defense. <laughs> like, <laughs> nice. And then, and then you follow that up with, "Come on." <laughs> There's no sign. <laughs> There's nobody there to take your money. So what are you supposed to do? Just drop a twenty? Uh, well, then I tried the to. Window? Then I tried and to pay, and she right, told she me won. to leave. Yeah. Right. So yeah. at no at no point did she uh, ask uh, about the uh, hanging handicap tag. At no point did she ask about the wheelchair in the back of the car. At no point did she ask what were our intent, where did we come from, what are we doing today, have I been drinking? None of that. Nothing. Literally right. nothing. Right. Right. She has sort of had to figure out what was going on in real time, and then and then make sure that that's what it was. It's weird. Did so anyway, did you try the "Do you know who I am?" defense? <laughs> I I didn't try that, and even if I was somebody, Jay. I can't imagine that would be good. Uh, let me you let me pull I, it up here because I, I know Mike's going to ask. You know, I sit at Letterman's desk, right? I am. <laughs> Go ahead, Mike. I should have been there. Okay, well, first off, she's not a cop, right? Well, I thought the same thing. I thought, oh, it's a park ranger, and but it's a, uh, it's an expensive ticket that if I don't pay it, it goes on my record, and I think I lose my driving privileges in Nevada I, or wherever. I think park rangers can issue tickets. Okay. Yeah, I think it's legit. But I will say this: now, when you look at her, uh, <laughs> when you look at her Instagram, which I'm doing right now. Uh, it says the name, and then here's her uh, description is former desert ranger turned lake ranger. BS in wildlife ranger. ecology, guitar, guitar now, cooking, is, fitness, and is nature. Going, is going from desert ranger to lake ranger a promotion or a demotion? Based on the behavior that I experienced, I would say mm. something happened and there was an incident. <laughs> but who, who am I to say? This is highly inappropriate. But if you would like, I I I'm happy to help promote her second career, Mike. Yes, she needs to. Yes, she has a. There we go. We just play that one every time. You know, there's a lot of songs. <laughs> Wow. 
So she well, made like note of the Connecticut license. <laughs> That's right. It's like Ryan. <laughs> so she. Um... Oh, good callback. <laughs> I hope she covers too hot one day. Oh, from the early Just Alanis days. Which made it to number 14 on the Canadian Hot 100. We're outside for this one. It's my Friday, I don't feel relief. I feel drained, work was hard, things are weird. I don't want to be here. Did you have a bad Friday at work? Sorry. Somebody go in the exit? You had to go all aggro Apparently on Apparently this is a person in the wrong career and is taking it out on you. Now, um, uh, what I want to know is, are they, are they going to pull footage from tonight's episode and use it like Exhibit B? I sure where hope you so. were trying to bribe the jury? Or, I certainly uh, hope so. Yeah, oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Oh, she's made up for this one. All made up for this one. We're just in the living room at home, though, guys. But we're all made up to go out, just depressed. Well, it's like Joni Mitchell's right here. Oh, <laughs> first guitar cover in Spanish. Here we go. So, anyway, it was just a very strange uh, experience, and we carried this energy with us all. Oh, he's got his he's doing a concert. Uh, and we carried this weird energy with us to the hotel that night. And I thought to myself, all right, well, we have to look up this person because the moment I got back in the car, oh, no, we made a video about it. We made a, we, our, our road trip check-in videos, I made a video saying we just got pulled over and here's what happened. And I made the comment because it was real and true. She struck me as like a Twitch. This, this park ranger struck me as like somebody from Twitch she had the full face on. I can't describe it. Like she had her Instagram fashion model face on with her bulletproof vest in her truck. <laughs> and the you, whole, I don't have time for this. You, yeah, you got to send me a private or DM or whatever. I want to see this person. <laughs> yeah, I will. For sure. Well, I think I, yeah, I wonder. Yeah, I, I, it's probably best to not show her directly. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't. But so my positioning yeah, on all I, of this is uh, she made oh, note of my Connecticut license and license plate. And she um, made sure to say when signing the ticket, obviously you live very far away, so you don't have to come back. You can just sign the back and send a whatever the fuck. <laughs> like, you know what, oh, maybe okay. All right. I'm just, I, I guarantee it. There is no way she shows up for my thing. Now, if there's yep. six tickets from that day that are all on the docket and she's going to show up for those, well, yeah, all right. Well, then we're taking our chances. But my positioning is what she said happened didn't happen at all. So it's he said, she said. Weird. Mm. Once this matter is settled, uh, I believe someone should post some of her performances in the uh gvbc instagram uh because then i mean you know we could have a like a game a GameStop 
uh, situation here where everybody blows her up and, and, and that would be pretty fun. I have already thought about this and I, I'm not saying I'll do this, but this is my positioning currently. The moment this is wrapped up in court, I am following her on the double. And I think after all she needs to do is see one picture of the car. I mean, the, I think what's our homepage. Yeah. The car's parked in front of the Seinfeld restaurant. So I think she will, if, if she, how many followers does she have? Okay. She has 864 followers. She's probably going to notice a new one. So she, she will likely go look at it and then see, and then see the yellow car there. Uh, and then go, Oh shit. What's going on here? Who did I give a ticket to that day? It's already been wrapped up in court. Uh, but mm. at that point, I think I would just like to play nice and at some point get her on the show and via oh, either uh, via, you know, whatever, yeah, already- via, via like we're doing with you guys or actually get her down here. And what I would like more than anything. We've already got her booked on irritable dad syndrome. He- oh, you son of a bitch. The booking wars <laughs> no, have begun again. I, what I would I, like I, more I'm than anything is for this ticket to be dismissed, right? Because uh-huh. she doesn't show up. And for me to follow her and for her to see what we do and then for her to at some point come down here to talk about the thing and then perform on the show. (laughs) That's that's my dream scenario. That needs to happen. At the very least, the moment this is wrapped up in court, I am friending her and then tagging her in all of these on-show discussions and everything that we have since... (laughs) Because there's been multiple shows we've talked about. Name, please. You just Say it tell again? us her first name, please. Can you tell us her first name? Shh. What oh, well, yeah. I th- well, I, uh, I mean, it doesn't relate well, to Mike, anything. Mike, send, me a, send me a link to her Instagram. <laughs> I will. <laughs> in, yeah. in, on Wednesday. I'm just asking <laughs> does the word Ranger fit in front of her first name? That's the other reason I'm asking, because I think we know what her stage name is got to be. I'm just saying. <laughs> you have no idea how well it does. <laughs> oh, that's great. that's great. But I would I never like in a million years have put it together if you didn't ask the question, because there is a famous ranger whose name is in her name. <laughs> this is perfect. You're going to blow her up with kindness. Good vibes, baby. I am so lost right now. Come on, Ranger so-and-so. We're going to blow you up. That was amazing. Oh, God. Excuse me. Ranger danger. <laughs> that is really funny, Mike. It wouldn't. It's not funny to anybody else, but I'm telling you, you got me with that one. You got me with that one. All right. Then my work here is done. So on Tuesday... <laughs> Halloween, we are going, we, well, on Monday, on Monday, the day before Halloween, we're driving back up to Tahoe to go fight this ticket. Uh, and Tuesday is our court date on Halloween. And after court, however long that takes, uh, we will be uh, driving back. So no show on Tuesday, but stay tuned on Thursday because we're going to be not only telling you everything that happened, um, we've actually got a stacked show. Speaking of comedians, comedian Renee Percy is going to be here. We're going to be doing a little bit of panel, and she may perform as well. Uh, she's got a new special coming out. Um, she's also all over the place all the time. She's very, very funny. 
Uh, I did uh, worked with her at the thing for Adam Ferrara down at the Marconi. She'll be here on Thursday, as well as already, back by popular demand, Sasha Sokal Cars will be back. Remember, it was Sasha awesome. and her son the other day, and it was one of the most fun <laughs> episodes. We didn't cover anything. We just laughed the whole time, but it was really good for the soul. So we're going to do that again. Also, she's got another car show on November 5th. We're going to talk about that. Um, so all of that next Thursday. Um, I think the reason I really wanted you guys here, uh, is Second Chance Theater and something about Mary needs to be discussed. Uh, I am begging for somebody to tell me why in the world people like that movie. And I'm hoping it's one of you two. Uh, Second Chance Theater tonight we're talking about There's Something About Mary I remember seeing it and it was okay mm. I didn't I wasn't in love with it I, you know I'm not going to buy the DVD no uh, you know it, it was okay yeah what about you Mike I mean so I remember there's something about Mary uh, the theater experience very 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 well um, something about Mary came out after Dumb and Dumber, right? Uh, 98, I, I feel like Dumb so. and Dumber, 96 or 97. That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah, it was the Farrelly Brothers. Yeah, it was the Farrelly Brothers. And there was a couple of Farrelly Brothers movies, I think, that were before it. And so it was very highly anticipated. And I remember going there uh, with my ex-wife on opening night. And it was one of those experiences. It was one of those experiences where, um, you know you have that communal experience. Like I had it in Ghostbusters in 84 when I went and saw that or 83, whatever it was. When I saw that where the entire theater erupts when the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man comes out, like the whole mm -hmm. place is just going nuts. Mm -hmm. I remember there's something about Mary and being in the theater and it was one of those moments where the entire theater was just going bananas. Um, it, it, was, it was just pandemonium in there. The zipper, the zipper uh, part. And then the hair. The, the hair too uh, yeah the hair as well but the zipper and then other parts on top of that for me i was just happy to see chris elliott that's mm -hmm. what i was stoked about seeing yeah mm -hmm. um i loved that best best and, part um, of the best part of the movie the the most authentic part of the movie as well even though he's horrible to look at <laughs> <laughs> yes it is a rough he's he, yes. poor guy <laughs> I will tell you the scene, though, that I... It's like you realize how good-looking he is in real life. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. It's like, damn, Chris, I never thought of you as an attractive person until now. Now um, that you don't have all those blisters on your face. Go ahead, Mike. Um, no, no, no. Um, there's only two parts of that movie that I just... I really like. Like, the communal experience was crazy, and it was like, okay, right on. And, and I mean, I chuckled with it as well. And I loved Dumb and Dumber. And so, um, you know, I was, I was underwhelmed what I was comparing it to Dumber, Dumb and Dumber. Mm. Um, the, the concept I liked because I had a friend named Leah. And actually, my wife has this, 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 uh, this thing as well. The concept of The current Mary, wife, Mike? My current wife, yes. The current <laughs> Mrs. Chisholm. Uh, the current Mrs. Chisholm has this as well. Um, the, the thing about Mary, where everybody just loves her and there's just something about her and all that... I have had two or three women in my life who have that quality where people uh, just want to get closer to them. Um, you know, uh, people will fall over each other a little bit, obviously not as exaggerated as in the movie, but, and, and so I appreciated that part of it. Bragger. But that's more like the existential part. 
the the scene that I loved though was the rest stop scene. The rest stop scene took me off guard, and I belly laughed at that scene. Uh, Harlan Williams, what is with the rest stop scene? Just like in the middle of the night, and there's all these guys there, and the concept. Oh, of- oh my God, really? Okay, so oh boy, Jesus. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. You're talking about um, there. There ends up being a there ends up being a bust. <laughs> yeah. It just, it took me off guard and I remember belly laughing in that scene. Mm. And then, you know, the outrageous stuff, the hair didn't really bug me uh, in any way. It didn't, it didn't do anything for me. Um, the thing about the hair that uh, always goes back to is Kevin Smith tried to put that exact gag in Chasing Amy mm. and they made him cut it. And uh, The studio did? The studio did, yeah, and they, it, it, even though it was an independent movie. But they're like, no, you can't, you can't do that. There's no way you can do that. And then a couple of years later, the Fairley Brothers do it, and it's outrageous, and everybody talks about it or whatever. But he was going to put almost that exact same gag in the in in Chasing Amy. Um, so, but anyway, oh. yeah, that's that's those are my thoughts about something about Mary so far. It see, it felt to us, um, and we, we've begun to try to do these on the day of, so that it's fresh in our mind. What it struck me like. First of all, they're so committed to this thing. They're so committed. It's so long. <laughs> this is such a long story of all these guys. Uh, gosh. Matt Dillon so many was in things that movie I don't too, right? like. What's that? Huh? Oh, there's so much you didn't like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matt Dillon was in it? Uh-huh. Okay. A lot of good people in it. Yeah. Ben Stiller's great. A lot of good people. There's nothing bad about it except for it. It's another it's, one of those where the, the, the amalgam, it's like the birdcage, the amalgamation of all the pieces doesn't align up. Um, from a, from like an, a good person honesty standpoint, there was nothing but dishonesty and, um, and treachery everywhere from every single guy. Um, I didn't care for any of that. It seemed like just a whole lot of, we're really committed to this gag, but we're, we I don't know. I don't know. We we didn't do it. We, it didn't do it for us. It, where did one you thing I remember it? about something about Mary, and I think it's one of the only movies to have ever done this, but it did not open up at number one at the box office. It, I don't know what it opened up at, but it was five or six weeks later, and because of word of mouth, it became the number one movie five or six weeks later. You're yeah, describing over back in the day where they held movies over. You're describing what I didn't like about it you're you're exactly right and it wasn't because it was such a good movie it was shock behave it was like shock jock type stuff howard stern like more people who don't like him listen to him than they do what most popular answer i want to see what he'll say next um right uh, oh man i think it was like oh but you get to see semen and balls and they're really covering this stuff and they tell you to masturbate before a date like so much stuff. The I love Harlan Williams. When he shows up, I'm like, oh, finally a breath of fresh air. And they do absolutely nothing with him. They have this huge, long setup in this complicated circumstance that just goes away. Like, oh. It felt like uh, the writers have control and nobody is reeling them in. Yeah, Which see, I think I'm is probably, big... pro- probably about what it was. It's a good statement. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of toilet humor. I mean, it's just, it's, uh, I don't know. I, I, I didn't, so we, we didn't watch, we walked out of Anchorman. 
and oh, I did not, I didn't finish all of Step Brothers either. Oh wow! Yeah. How about Austin Powers, Darren? The okay, uh, Austin Powers and Austin Powers Two were good. Three, no. There's a lot to like in the third one, but it is hard to watch. Yeah. Like if you get to the bits that are funny, they're really funny, but it's a lot, a lot of other stuff. <laughs> I love and gold. I, yeah, I don't know what it was about uh, one and two that kind of separated them from the typical. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Seemed like they all wanted to do it. Seemed like they were happy so. to be there. Yeah. Third one looked mm -hmm. a little bit more like a paycheck, maybe. Not, not that it, it was, yes. but. You know, Ghostbusters 1 versus Ghostbusters 2. Love to see them all together again, but it doesn't have the same energy. And it's beat for beat the same movie. It really, really is, if you, if you give it any kind of technical credit. Yep. Yeah, Ghostbusters 2 has moments in it. Like, Austin Powers 3, I liked Michael Caine a lot. Um, and, and there were a few things in that one that I liked. But Ghostbusters 2, same thing. There's a few scenes that I just absolutely adore. Like, I love the courtroom scene in Ghostbusters 2. I think it's just... Wonderful. Um, you do with the Scolari brothers. Your Honor, yeah. you really shouldn't arrest these guys because at one point I turned into Wood. a dog and they helped me. Thank you. It's like, yeah, Rick Moranis at his finest. All right. It's one of those scenes we, out, we have like to get through for me before Bobby Brown starts and the movie begins for me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, the, like yeah, little things like. Oh, it might be Run DMC. It might be the Run DMC song. But either way, whatever it is, it's so good. No, it was it was Bobby Brown in the Ghostbusters movie. It's both. It's I just can't Run remember DMC, which. Yeah. I think Bobby Brown is later when you see Bobby Brown, and it's oh, we're going to have to take control. I think the beginning one might be uh, Run DMC. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I guess I do love Ghostbusters too, but just for different reasons. Um, <laughs> now, what yeah. did you guys think of Ghostbusters Afterlife with Paul Rudd? Love. Is that how we're billing it? Love Ghostbusters it. Afterlife with Paul Rudd? <laughs> is, that, is that what it was called? Well, Paul Rudd was in it. No, I, I, I know. Mean, yeah. I loved Afterlife so much. I think he was cry. the star. You do? He was Afterlife? the Rick Moranis. I know, but I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is, I think, didn't he have top billing in the movie? I don't know how that could be. You might know. be right. I didn't. What does the contract say? Yeah, I don't know. I think Carrie Coon probably, and then the the kids. Uh, but anyway, he was definitely the biggest name in it. I think, right? Yeah. 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 I. Yeah, I love that movie though. They that movie was the last twenty minutes of that movie. Um, just yes. Holy cow! Sure. It makes me cry every time I watch it. Last 20 minutes with the exception of one shot, and that's when the Ecto just whips around for no reason in the soundstage. It's just wee! Ugh. Right by the temple I didn't thing. Like the CG Ecto coming out of the field either. Oh, that's rough, but yeah. that's, in the, that's a little earlier on. Yeah, that's a little rough uh, if you've ever had any experience with an actual Ecto or any old classic car where none of that would happen. I mean, you'd jump it and the entire thing would fall apart upon landing. It, that, a little Dukes of Hazard uh, uh, logic on that one. Yeah. But I love the <laughs> jump seat. I love that. I love, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, all, I'm all for that. that what do you think about the new one? Are you guys excited? I'm not sure what to think about it yet. There are things, there are things already I know that I don't like, and that bums me out. I've stayed away from spoilers completely on it. I just know Jason Reitman's involved again, so that's Same all here. I know. That's I know that they I shot know. it in London, though, and that bums me out. Uh, yeah. When it's a New York movie. 
Yeah, yeah. You know what? If you go to IMDb, Carrie Coon does come up as the uh, top biller here, but I thought it was, I thought Paul Rudd was the uh, headliner in that movie. Whatever. They're definitely doing a lot in New York, though. Like Walter Kim was walking down the street and saw, saw Acto One drive by him yep. filming it. Yeah. Which Thank God amazing. they are doing that, at least. Thank God. I yeah. think it's just the soundstage stuff they're doing in England. It's just that tonally. Um, I mean, it, look, it could add things. I mean, the Indiana Jones movies look the way they do, and the Kubrick movies, they look the way they do because they did things the British way over there, um, mm -hmm. production-wise, I mean. So, like, it, it might be a, a really big positive to the look of this new Ghostbusters. I just, from a tonal stamp, I mean, <laughs> there really shouldn't be a big difference because they shot the insides in L.A. for the other one, not New York. So, I mean, it's, it's the same damn thing. Um, I don't know what my problem is. I'm old. Stay out of my yard. <laughs> no, but it's... Hello! Like, when, like New York, I, I hope they do shoot a lot of... ...for this one, because Candy and I are just watching... Um, we're continuing on Oldie Murders in the Building. And oh, yeah? we're in the middle of season two right now. Have you watched it yet? Uh, we watched a bit of the first season, and it... I. I lost interest. I think you were interested. Did you care that we stopped watching it? I don't care now that we're moved on. I mean, I'm happy to go back to it. I just we I I loved seeing the people do their work. I didn't yes. necessarily love the work they were making. Okay. Agreed. So Candy and I felt that way after the first couple episodes, and then um, here we go. Really picks up season three. We left it. No, we did exactly what uh, what, what uh, you guys did. We left it completely. It wasn't anything. Um, to write home about. And then when we went to New York a couple of weeks ago, um, we hung out at the mansion, which is a diner on the Upper East Side right. that we know that they used in season two of, gotcha. of, of this show. So we got home and we said, well, you know what? Let's just, uh, let's, let's just try it again. And it took this time. And it was like episode seven. There's one episode which is, uh, has a really cool device that they use in it. And I'm like, oh, that's inventive. I bet you that's the one that got them the... Emmy nods and all that sort of stuff. It was like really, really inventive. I know which one and, you're talking about. Okay, yeah. And we were hooked at that point. And now we're near the end of season two and, and just absolutely love it. But mm. the point of it was that show feels like New York. Like it is uh. a love letter to New York. And I love that about the show. Like the building is real. The locations, you know, so they, they do a little bit of dipsy doodling with Upper East Side, Upper West Side or whatever, but it's like dipsy it's a love letter to New York. And the first Ghostbusters was, too. And I love uh, that about it. I agree. I, I, you just made me want to watch that show again based on what you said, because that's one of the, that's that to me. When you watch the first Ghostbusters, it's as good as it is because New York City is the main character. It is. A uh, it's about New York City movie. being attacked by evil or whatever the heck you want to call it, you know, the, the, the darkness that's coming with all the spirits and whatever. Um, <clears throat> Gozer. Um, and it feels it. And I, I don't think you could recreate that these days because when they shot that and they shot all of the exterior scenes that you see in Ghostbusters 1 where they're running around with all the gear on and they're, they're in Rockefeller Plaza and they're going up the upper way. All that stuff was shot before the movie was in the can. They did that first. Mm -hmm. So way before anybody saw it and knew what Ghostbusters was. So the reactions you were getting were just like the, what the hell is all this? People turning around <laughs> going all that. You'd have to fake it all these days. It would have to be orchestrated with extras and everything. They were really doing it in Manhattan. 
I think all of those little bits and pieces show the personality of the city because yeah. you're getting the real reactions of the city. Did the, you guys the, watch the the, the, the guy, the hippie guy in the denim that just stands behind the newscaster playing with his beard and he won't go away? Real guy, not an extra. Real guy. Yeah. I love that. Ron Jeremy. Not to, not to bring Ron Jeremy up, but in the scene when the firehouse blows up because he's like, turn it off. No, don't turn it off. Turn it off. Walter Peck, Dickless, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. All the crowds outside with the police barriers after the thing blew up. Ron Jeremy's standing there right in front. Nice. I mean, that's not a great thing, but it couldn't have happened if it wasn't for real New York being in that movie. Yeah, absolutely. Did you guys watch the Netflix uh, behind the scenes making of Ghostbusters special? Yeah, the movies that made us? The oh. movies that made it. Yeah. 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 I, uh, the creator of that show has been on our show and is a friend of yours, Brian Volk Weiss. Volk Weiss. Volk Weiss. I always screw that up. Uh, that guy is super interesting. His whole company's interesting. And that show is awesome. Yes, yeah. Although some episodes are better than others, aren't they? Yeah. Well, I, mean, I, I guess it depends on, on how much you enjoy the movie that they're talking about. That's what I thought at first, too. But then as I watched most of them, it seems like some are just a little more <laughs> in-depth than others. Well, like Some have a little know, they, more source material than others. They did the one on Jurassic Park, and it Loved was basically it. Every, everything. Yes, I, I did, too. But it was all things that you saw if you bought the DVD for Jurassic Park. Yeah, that's true. I yeah. love the Back to the Future one. I I'm curious, too. Jay, what you thought about that one. I don't remember it. Um, I think... That's not generally a good thing, though. Um, but it may be for the reason that Darren said. It was, let's just all recycle stuff that I... Stuff you knew, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, what are you going to... I mean... <laughs> yeah, I will. This, exactly. like, this is the most pomp- pompous answer coming up, but, like, what are you going to teach me about Back to the Future at this point? We used to be... Sean and I used to be so involved with that franchise. Um, so many evenings with Bob Gale. Like, <laughs> mm. uh, I don't know that, a, like, a little cute kitschy tv show 40 minutes could teach somebody like me about that but i definitely learned things from other places so i think darren maybe that's what your point was yeah but the one on home alone i had no idea what went on to make home alone it's one of my favorite ones for that reason too doing building the house in the gymnasium at the school around the corner just like they did with uh breakfast club genius genius and also, cast, I love that movie still, even as an adult. Yeah. And how they got John Williams, John frickin' Williams, to do the theme from Home Alone is amazing. John Williams does Home Alone? Yeah. Is that John right? John Williams. Yeah. I don't know if I ever knew that. But you dun, learned it here dun, first. Dun, dun. I thought like James Horner or something. Wow. That is amazing. Mm-hmm. John Hughes, who, who usually does John Hughes movies? Or nobody, they're usually soundtracks, aren't they? Like a, a top, like a, a lot of you know, yeah, licensed usually, songs. Exactly. Like Ferris Bueller was all uh, yellow and a mm-hmm. bunch of... Uh, yellow. It was, mm, oh, oh, do, do, do. Oh, yeah. Do you know they also do uh, the song we play in the, uh, from Topic? They also do that song. Oh. Topic, you know, from Cutting Edge. Yeah, they're that song too. This doesn't get it done. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever the song is with rum, 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 rum. Last, last year they too. released they released like a three CD box set of John Hughes 
movie songs. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I think it's a 3CC set. I can't talk tonight. Uh, it's a what? It's a 3CD set. Or maybe oh. a 4CD set. Yeah. Remember this? Oh, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. This doesn't get it done. <laughs> I love that movie. Movie. He's so cocky. Oh. I, I snuck this into the uh, into the playlist in the car. So like, just in the middle, <laughs> we'll be driving to the canyons and the song will end, and then this will pop on. <laughs> Perfect. And we laugh every time. Do, does he do the toys that made us and the cartoons that made us? Is that yes. is that all his franchise? Uh, yeah, as well as almost every comedy special you've seen in the last five years. Is he going to do the talk shows that made us? That's uh, a hell of a pitch. I think didn't CNN already basically do all Story of, of Late Night, yeah. yeah but still, you, you, I, night, but... if you had people like us and the Dons on the, on, and, and uh, Mark Melkoff on the, on the thing there, we could definitely put separate episodes for all the different people. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a great idea, Mike. Um, Nasil... Entertainment. Nacel is the uh, company. If you look them up, they do everything. It's also Comedy Dynamics. If you ever see that when you watch a comedy special, that's them too. Oh, yeah. Huge. So so great. I love it. Whenever we say, I'm like, and if we can ever do anything for you. He's like, thanks. <laughs> so the John Hughes box set is called Life Moves Pretty Fast. Excellent. It is, uh, well, that's the, the vinyl, 65 bucks. Do you guys have vinyl? Do you listen to vinyl in Canada, Mike? I, know. Uh, I know people who do, but I okay. am not currently in, in that place. Real yeah. quick, before we, oh, sorry, if we're, oh, I thought, uh, sorry. No, no, go no, ahead. no, 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 no. It's your show. Mike and I can talk other times. No, I, would, I, I didn't mean to step on the, I didn't realize we were opening a vinyl. But go ahead. No, no, no. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. No, no, no. I, I asked him if he listened to vinyl. He said he doesn't, but he knows somebody who does. And so we were, we were I gone. I saw it the first time. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so my so question Mike, was going to be... like who listens to vinyl? Back to the... <laughs> nice guy. Back to the Farrelly brothers for two seconds. Yes. <laughs> I want to you ask... You know what your... I like about the Farrelly brothers? When they got Dumb and Dumber, they had never directed a, a movie before. And I don't know how they got, how they were able to do it. But they were there like the first day, like, oh, shit, what are we going to do? And they were talking to the one of the producers, like, we've never directed a movie. And he said, find your director of photography. Go talk to your DP. And, uh, and he'll help you. And that's basically how they directed Dumb and Dumber. Because the DP told them what to do. That's awesome. I didn't. I had never heard that. That's very funny. Yep. Uh, that was actually a question I had for you guys. I, I think we all feel very kind of lukewarm at very best about something about I Mary. Because I had a question. All right. Yep. Go ahead. Oh, did you have a question? Yeah. Sorry. What was your question? <laughs> no. I'm we'll get to mine. Okay, so if we're lukewarm about something about Mary, how do we feel about Dumb and Dumber? Uh, lukewarm. But but okay, better. Yeah. Than, I like it a shit ton more than something about. I like. I'll watch Dumb and Dumber anytime you want. I will not watch something about Mary again. I know that I don't like it. There's no reason for me to watch it. I don't like most of it. About halfway through, 
I got up and started warming up the studio for the show and started doing other things and, and, and folding laundry and shit because I couldn't have it be the only thing I was doing. It was so not an enjoyable experience to me. But the reason I'm I, 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 I'm glad you brought up other Fairly Brother movies, <clears throat> generally, I don't know that I like the Fairly Brothers, but generally speaking, most of their movies seem to have either real or at least a very strong intended heart. Even ones I don't like, like the Me, Myself, and Irene, like I don't like that. that I really don't like that one. I find uh, that one very unwatchable. But it's, it's also very sweet in its own way. Um, same thing about Dumb and Dumber. It's, it's very sweet at its core. Uh, I did not find something about Mary to be sweet at all. I found it to be mean-spirited. I found it to be competitive. I, it was everything I don't like in a movie that's pretending to not be that kind of movie. <laughs> Totally is yeah. that movie. But all of this to say, here's the question. Do either of you know The Ringer? And and what do you think of it if you do? Oh, The oh. Ringer with, with Johnny Knoxville? Yeah. I didn't watch it. Oh, okay. I was like, no, I'm not going to watch that. Okay. I know the premise. Was it well, good? so that's it. So the premise is polarizing it at minimum um it's a it, yeah. the, the premise is johnny knoxville has to pretend to be mentally disabled so that he can help rig the special olympic his uncle needs money whatever the oh a couple whatever he, something happens he ends up needing money and uh he has to uh, this is what they come up with this scheme and it sounds deplorable because it is deplorable but of all of the Farrelly brothers movies I don't know if they directed this one or not, but they definitely produced it. I consider it one of theirs. Tonally, it feels like one of theirs. Of all of the movies I've seen of theirs, that one is my favorite. And it, in my opinion, has the most heart by like a lot. And the heart pays off and it's a feel good at the end. Like it just genuinely is an enjoyable movie to me. If you can get over all the discomfortable, you know, this, this, whatever, all of this stuff. They obviously play with the line a lot. But there's also a lot of real uh, people who are really afflicted uh, with the same type of challenges as well in the movie. So it's not just right. uh, Johnny Knoxville. You know, he's, pl he's playing with real Special Olympic people. And then the, the other nice thing is these are people that actually became friends in Johnny Knoxville's real life because they've shown up in the Jackass movies. They've shown up in other Johnny Knoxville movies. Um, so I think it's all very real and authentic. It's not put on for the cameras, the sweetness. He's really good at showing that people are just people, no matter what. And he does that, I think, with all of his films. Definitely, though. Yeah, you're right. The authenticity shines through. Uh, I highly recommend you guys watch it. Do you think that the heart is written into those movies so they can get away with some of the other stuff? I think that that's a very valid question. I wouldn't, I don't know the answer. I mean, I, I think it's a very valid question. I think a lot of times in comedy, that's certainly what you do, right? Um, there's that line in Studio 60 where, you know, they can play with the um, uh, church humor because they could all point to Harriet Hayes as the devout Christian on the cast. I'm like, oh, but we can say this because, you know, we got her. Yep. Um, Seinfeld, it was, uh, you know, I can say the Jewish jokes because I'm Jewish. Uh, he's converting just for the jokes. <laughs> You're an anti-dentite. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think that's a very valid question. Uh, I don't know the answer. Uh, my opinion, probably a little bit, right? Got to be a little mm -hmm. bit. So you, you but know but also some of the story. I think the I think the story. I think 
maybe on the day and, and in the joke writing, but I think the story is the story and the story works or not based on whether or not the sweetness is there for me. It's not a you know, tool. a few years ago, Peter Farrelly won an Academy Award. Yeah. For, for Every Green time Book. he gets nominated for something, I'm always like, wow. It's like the guy who half of the Dumb and Dumber team has an Academy Award on his shelf. What uh, film? For a Green Book. Oh, I forgot about Green Book. You know, I never saw that. <laughs> I haven't seen it either. <laughs> it's the cover of the cool car and they're driving away. And I go, oh, that seems like such a great... It's the jazz one, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally want to see it. I just haven't. I know. I haven't seen it either. Shit. And I All do right, want Greenbook. to. Viggo Mortensen and uh, what's-his-face. You know, maybe that's it. I don't know if I'm a Viggo Mortensen fan. I didn't like that. Uh... Oh, no, we're, we're not going there. Was it? <laughs> no, it's it's Lord of the Rings he's in, right? Yes. yes. I don't I don't get the Lord of the Rings. I'm not Fred against lightly. it. I just don't Fred get it. Lightly. <laughs> oh, you have a, you got a ring, mister? Uh, do I have a ring? No, but I'm a, I'm a big fan of Lord of the Rings. All right. And I never, I never read the book. I, I don't. <laughs> Love at least movies. I've, at least I've seen those ones. I get the references. Yeah. I don't like those movies at all. It's my wife's absolute favorite, and uh, she, she took me, and I, I didn't get it at first. I didn't understand it, and uh, I finally, we, we were watching it at home on DVD. And I pause. I'm like, who is this guy, and how does he know that person? And then once she explained it all, because I'm dumb. I'm dumb as a box of rocks. Right. And once she explained it to me, then I'm like, oh, okay. And now it's an absolute masterpiece. So you're saying it's like golf? <laughs> no, golf is boring. Like, once you understand the rules and actually play by them, it's, it's, it's very interesting. Shuffleboard, same way. But I don't know, man. I don't know how understanding who all the Bilbo Baggins are matters. Tosh me. Tosh me. Don't tell the elf. Like, that's the best part of it for me. When fucking Sala <laughs> says, Tosh me. Spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sala from Indiana Jones is a dwarf happened. in this movie. We have, we have the extended versions, and usually once a year, sometime around the winter, no. we, will, we no. will watch them. Not, what? That's like 12 hours worth of shit. The extended versions are what, three and a half hours each? Yep. Can I finish? Can I finish my sentence? Can I finish? Sorry. Can I finish? We will. Uh, we we will watch uh, half of one on Friday night, half of one on Saturday, and then next weekend we'll watch the the next one. The and thing is, we I do, we do it over like a three week period. I having sat through Mary today, something mm -hmm. about Mary. There's something about Mary. Yes. I, I didn't have the energy to even sit through a conversation about Lord of the Rings, let alone a movie. <laughs> All you had to say was the extended version. And we're like, oh, my fucking, are you shitting me? And no, by the way, me, no, no, nothing against Peter Jackson. It's just not my, uh -huh. we don't like, uh, uh, we wanted to like Harry Potter too. Mm. Uh, oh, oh, can't I, do it. I have a hard time. Getting, I can't get into Harry Potter. I've, I, yeah, yeah, those are two very different things for me. Yeah. To me, it's the same basket. Yeah, they were out know, at the same time, up, and they, they were the same kind of fantasy shit. You want to take the train or go into the woods? I don't know. Depends what we're looking for. I've got my Avengers posters. On the other wall, I've got the Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring, and then over here, I've got Indiana Jones and Star Wars. I love Indiana Jones. Yeah. There you go. There's a common denominator. You haven't seen the new one yet, have you, Jay? I have. Oh, you did see it. Did you like oh, it? Oh, yeah. Did we not talk about this? 
I don't know if we did. I well, it's I an extended it. show. Let's make that the last thing we talk about. Okay. Uh, I loved it. Maybe we did talk about it. Maybe we did. Yeah. Okay. But I I love that. No, movie. I don't know if we did. I think you might be right because I feel like we watched it when it the whatever it was a pre order on Apple TV or whatever. So it just kind of like showed up one day, and I go, hey, <laughs> we have it. Yeah. So we watched it the next day. Um, huge mixed feelings overall, and by the end, I love it. But I find it very difficult to want to start it again because I can't stand the beginning. <laughs> I know oh. that's a hard, that's a weird thing to say. Uh, historically, I love the Indiana Jones beginnings, even the Hot Rod one in the in the yeah. Crystal Skull. I, I still enjoyed that. Oh God, I hated, loathed the Crystal Skull. You're, I'm sure, for all very valid reasons. Everything I, I, about that movie, and I watched it again last year, thinking maybe I was wrong. And we started again, and it was just absolutely horrible. Shy there's a lot to like in it. There's a lot of good stuff. There's, no, there is. You can, you can like the John Williams part. No, there's a lot to like. There really is, but unfortunately, it needs. It, it there. I swear to God, if I've I've looked at it from a lot of different angles, I think that movie needs an edit. Because it's not a matter of it not having enough good stuff. It's a matter of there's just a couple atrociously bad things in there that ruin the moment for you, and they're every 15 minutes. Like <laughs> Yeah, I mean, from, from yeah. the ants to the, to the Tarzan swing to the... The, the, mon- yes, the-, the monkeys onto the Jeep, Jesus Christ. So all of that stuff needs to go, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. That shit was like somebody came up with it, so they storyboarded it, and they're like, I'm already working on the CGI. We can't stop now. Yeah. <laughs> I've spent $6 million on this. Um, yeah, I think conceptually CGI, there's a lot of stuff that just needs to go. So When you put CGI before story, I'm sorry. But they, but they do that now. So that's my argument with this first one. Because it's a flashback, it's a CGI mm. Indiana Jones, and that is so difficult for me to watch because they didn't, do it right. They never do these goddamn things right. They CGI'd old Harrison Ford and then made him look young. Good, great. But guess what? He doesn't act how he used to act. So the young Indiana Jones act nothing how Indiana Jones used to act. It's He's acting like old Indiana Jones does. And he's walking like Egon from part three, which is the only part I didn't like about that, the opening of Ghostbusters 3. Yep. Don't get me started. <laughs> Sorry. I'm done now. Go ahead. The rest of it's all I'm- great. I wanted so bad, a spoiler alert for anybody out there who hasn't seen Indiana Jones 5, I wanted so bad for him to wake up after being shot and thinking that the whole going, actually going back in time was a a fever dream. Mm -hmm. And then then some sort of reveal that it wasn't like Back to the Future, right? You want Marty waking up in bed going, oh, it's 1985. Oh, great. I'm going to go out for breakfast. Holy shit. Yeah. Dad's grumbling mom's dream. ass. Was it? But I mean, Marty actually did go back in time. That movie was about time travel. So, um, well, so did this one, didn't it? They went through the yes, uh, the wormhole. Yeah, yes, it, yes, it did. And so, um, I was I was upset because it it okay. I know none of it's believable. Like I, I'm 53 and I've never fought somebody on top of a moving train. I'm hoping I can do that sometime before I die. We'll see. That's part of the part I didn't like, though. That's part yeah. of that CGI horse shit in the beginning. Yeah. But, so I, I really, but I didn't want the time travel thing to be a thing because I thought it took away from the rest of the movie. But then I started thinking about, you know, it's like, okay, they found the the chalice and drank it and then his father lived and then they melted their faces in the first one 
and he reached in and the, somebody pulled somebody's heart out. So there's something completely unbelievable in all of them. And then I'm like, yeah. You're talking about religious miracles being completely unbelievable? Is that what it is? They're, they're no. in the movie, they're saying, oh, there's this higher power that has the magic. And you're saying no, I'm saying that, that they opened up the uh, the Lost Ark and then everybody's faces melted off. And then not everybody's, you know, it, it, the, yeah, Indiana Jones and uh, what's her face? There was some sort of uh, godly yeah, they did, they, judgment they of yeah, who was worthy to it. live and who was not. I thought it was whoever they just didn't look at it. If you look at <laughs> I mean, it, maybe, sure, maybe it's that. I'm trying to remember. It's been a, a few. It's been a minute. That's what the kids say. It's been a minute since I've seen Raiders of the Lost Ark, and I hate when they call it Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's just Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, I know. Yeah, I don't like that they've rebranded. It's either. not Star Wars: A New Hope. It's just freaking Star Wars. Oh, I agree with you there. Yeah. When, when years later we find out, oh, we started with Episode Four. Go f yourself, <laughs> you yeah. little well, you toy know, guy. I mean, <laughs> you know, at the beginning, at the beginning of Star Wars, it does say Part Four on the crawl. Oh, it does. Yep. Yeah. I can't get past that. <laughs> Holy crap! Yeah. <laughs> Holy moly! I you know, want to. That's another one I'll put on because I go. You know what? We're just gonna do it. We're gonna motor through. We're just gonna see what this is all about. And you can't put, get we end up putting on the Family Guy version every time. <laughs> Could you do Spaceballs? Love it. Okay. But only because we saw it first. I will say this. Spaceballs makes a lot more sense having seen Star Wars. You saw Spaceballs before you saw Star Wars. Yes. Okay. Both of them. Our whole yeah. generation did. It's way funnier. It's way funnier. Well, yeah, I agree. Yes, it, is, it is funnier than Star Wars. You're right. <laughs> I got my parents like to watch it. Oh, simple <laughs> math. Comb the desert. Uh, yeah, I uh, liked the uh, new Indiana Jones to 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 uh, to wrap that up. I, I did like yeah. it. I just it, the the opening is is rough for me because of what I said, and it's and I just find it, I can't see anything else. I'll have to watch it again and check it out. Yeah, I plan on it. I, I, I enjoyed it very, very much. Um, and I liked uh, uh, Fleabag. She was good in it. Yeah. Is that the girl? Yeah. yeah. Oh, have you seen Fleabag? Either. No, but I didn't care for her either. That would be my other oh, thing. I would go, oh, man, she's like Shia LaBeouf and her. They just seem like odd choices to me. Mm-hmm. Not that it shouldn't have been a girl. I don't care about that. I just... I, Why her? Yeah. I wish it was somebody who like... Ah, whatever, it doesn't matter. Can't wait to watch it again because my opinions will probably all change. <laughs> so far, though, we're two for two on I didn't like what I didn't like. And yeah. uh, I think that I was a little more open to the birdcage. Um no, I still didn't like either one. I still didn't like either one. Mm-hmm. I still don't want to watch either one again ever. I'm with you. They're Although not... there was more to like in the birdcage. <laughs> yeah, something about Mary is just a marketing heaven send. Yeah. I'm out. That was one of those like CAA successes. They were like, whoop, first weekend, tank, let's turn up the cranks across the country when and the it, world, and they did. When it first started working in PR, I think that movie had come out recently, and they were 
hawking the hair gel to all of us people that couldn't buy it. It was so dumb. And the other thing is the authenticity. I, the authenticity really, really bothers me because you go back and watch that scene and the hair, the hair gel is not on his ear. It's not that, first of all, the implausible, oh, where did it go? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Swinging his head around, oh, where? It's anywhere. Oh, 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 oh. Nothing. Uh, but anyway, it's not there. And then all of a sudden, it's there. It was like such a cheap. Yeah. In the old days when the car goes off the cliff and then, oh, you've, oh, they talk about it in misery. In misery in the old days of serials, you know, and like, oh, next week, oh, it turns out he's fine. He jumped out right before. <laughs> This show has had way too much energy for me. I'm sorry. I'm going to strike this one from the record. I'm going to delete it the moment it's done. <laughs> you guys are the best. Uh, let's see. Irritable dad syndrome. Let's start with you. What's coming up? So after three years of being on the air, we've done 177 episodes. Our announcer has been Dave Lay. For the first time ever, Dave joins us in the studio. My when Mike was in Las Vegas and when I was in New York, Dave was in Rhode Island, the excitement capital of the world. So Dave comes to the studio and sits in with us and tells us everything about cranberries. Don't miss it. I think <laughs> Mike, almost every Fairly Brothers movie is takes place in in Rhode Island, doesn't it? Uh, maybe. But Mike, if you remember the first time you were on your uh, our show and how much editing I had to do to fix that because of the yes. technical problems. Yes, sir. I do remember. <laughs> I you started the show of, three times. Had a lot of editing to do with uh, with uh, Dave <laughs> coming on the show. But it's it's a good one. So yeah, Dave sits down and talks to us about R Rhode Island and cranberries on the next Irritable Dads Dinner. I love Fun. it. Yeah. Mike Chisholm and the Letterman podcast. Yeah, so tomorrow's an interesting episode. Um, <clears throat> it's, uh, it's the trick-or-treat episode because there's lots of tricks in it. Uh, I shot it today. Um, Sue Hum has come back on the show, and we went through pictures of her sketches and the Halloween costumes because I was a, for 32 years, they did the bit every single year of the kids' Halloween costumes. and so That is so cool. Yeah, we broke down. Yes, as a concept, fantastic. But... When um, internet signal on the other side is spotty and there are places where it comes in and out and all of that, and there's a tremendous amount of editing to be done, and there's great stuff in it. But it's definitely a trick-or-treat episode, and some of the tricks are, yeah, this isn't as beautiful as it, as it could have been uh, conceptually. That being said, Sue is amazing, and I adore her, and uh, it's, it's going to be a fun episode. So that, that's what comes out tomorrow. Awesome, man. Very, very yeah. cool. And then how did your Maison one do? I haven't listened to it yet, but I know that he's such a great guy. And he, he was, we were chatting the other day. He had a great time with you. Oh, I adore Steve Maison. Um, it, it was awesome. It was a, a fantastic episode uh, th that went through a whole bunch of stuff, including the documentary stuff that was in it, stuff that, uh, you know, was, uh, um, you know, very well represented stuff that could have been a little bit better with all these years later. Obviously, it's so great to have him around still. And then, obviously, uh, Maison Movie Club. And then yeah. some of the other stuff, you know, like he won an Emmy with Ellen, and we got into, um, uh, you know, the, 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 it's been in the news, you know, with Ellen, with Fallon, what it's like to be on these shows. We actually went down that path mm. and, and, and had a really mm. cool dialogue about that, both sides of the, uh, of the coin. Yeah, that was a really fun episode. And I, I can't wait to talk to Steve again. Awesome. We've, we've been going back and forth a lot. So, yeah, he's great. He's the type who can become a regular very easily because he, he, yeah. he's a good podcasty guy. He can talk. 
Very much so. Yeah, we just uh, instant friendship. Yeah, it was really good. And he loves you guys. Uh, it's mutual. Uh, it doesn't surprise yeah. me that you guys hit it off so quickly, though. You guys are of the same energy and cut from the same cloth. Um, let's see. So follow Letterman Podcast, Irritable Dad Syndrome. I just followed Irritable Dad Syndrome on all the things. Apparently, I just didn't know there was an Instagram until you said it on the show the other day. I, I think I had looked for it, and I just maybe I typed the wrong thing. I don't know. But it, there is one, Irritable Dad. Go get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Letterman Podcast. Uh, tomorrow, we are up at GVBC. I think it will don't don't quote me i'm gonna say i think so you can quote me i think it'll probably be our last week at site b i think the road will be open at least the top section next week that'll be exciting but for tomorrow we are at site b one more time uh this weekend this weekend we'll probably go up to hq again uh next week we're in court fighting the ticket as you know tahoe ticket good luck with that and uh, thank you very much. Praying for a no-show. Praying for a no-show. That would be the easiest. And uh, then back on Thursday of next week with Renee Percy and Sasha Sokal Cars to talk about the November 5th event that they've got going on. And Renee Percy's got a new comedy special coming out on uh, Amazon and Apple TV, I believe. <laughs> I hope it's both of them. Because they're usually competitors, so that's a weird thing to say. Uh, and that's it. How are you doing? Good? Sure. No, I mean for the wrap-up. I mean, anything else? Great for the wrap-up. All right. Boys, <laughs> anything else? Uh, Don Giller says hi in his own way. What does that mean? <laughs> a reference. To, it's, it's a callback to last week where we misunderstood something that he said. Again, Napoleon, 1927, clocked in at 5.5 hours. So it's an inside joke and a callback and all that. That's Don saying hi. I'm willing to. I think we should put Napoleon Dynamite on the uh, on on the Second Chance Theater too, because that's one that I've gone both ways with. There's definitely funny parts, but overall, I I remember times not enjoying it. Um, I feel like if there's a movie, <laughs> there has to be one where I come around. You know what I mean, right? So we'll maybe we'll put that one in, work it into the queue. In fact, maybe that should be the movie. For na- give, let's make that the movie. I give Miranda that one. All right. So the next one. For Second Chance Theater, for next Thursday, we all have to homework, is uh, watch Napoleon Dynamite. I don't know if it's streaming anywhere for free. Stephen Maison's much better about checking those things ahead of time. But Napoleon Dynamite. I will not be here next Thursday. Uh-oh. All right. Well, then you, you, don't, yeah. then you're, you don't have to do the homework then. I'm going to be in Palm Springs. This is getting interesting very I quickly. Take, I have to take myself out of the equation because I love everything about Napoleon Dynamite. I own the DVD. Good. Well, yeah, the, no. Well, the, well, then come back if you want it. to. Yeah, <clears throat> Mike. Yeah. This is very, very interesting, and we'll talk about this as well as uh, we'll just drop this, even though there's no flyer out yet. There is going to be an event up at Newcombs on November 11th. It will be a fundraiser for Nicole's Foundation. It's being put on by some people in the car industry that are very special to us. Uh, more to come on that. I was thinking maybe that would be a, a reason to get Mike down here. But if you're going to be here next week, we need to talk off the air. Yes, we do. <laughs> um, all right. Well, we'll do a production meeting and figure out how this show goes. In the meantime, this wonderful two-hour episode has been brought to you by the Autoimmunity Foundation. Uh, thank you for tuning in to Late Night Playset. If you like the show, please subscribe and share with your friends. We'd also love to hear from you. So leave a comment. Tell us what you thought. Really helps us grow our audience and reach more people like you. And if you want to make a direct donation, direct contribution, excuse me, donate to our website, autoimmunityfoundation.org. 
This shit is a handful. Your donation will help us fund research into root causes of MS and other autoimmune disorders, as well as it helps her directly and, and specifically this fundraiser will be tied to the Community Cares Grant Program. Awesome. <laughs> and a better name. <laughs> All right. Love everybody. Have a great night. Have a great weekend. See you out there. Love you guys. Thank you guys so much for being here. Thanks for watching. Thank everybody. you. Anytime. All right, see you.